podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Voices of Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton. Uh, this week I am here with Tom from the Golden Pages and Joe Thomas, who's a Watford FC supporter as well. Uh, Mike unfortunately had to pull out today. He was due to record with us, but unfortunately he's had to pull out. He um, had a heavy night out in Birmingham last night, believe it or not. He was sick this morning as well. He, he tells me it's nothing to do with the alcohol and it's a dodgy pizza that he's eaten. Um, so believe what you want with that. I think it's the alcohol, but it He's adamant that he's never sick after drinking. Um, yeah, I think you're getting a little bit old now, Mike, but yeah, we'll leave it there. Uh, yeah, I've got two reliable people with me. I've got Tom and Joe with me. Tom, firstly, how are you doing? I know you, you went yesterday, so you're going to use tonight as more of a therapy session, really. But how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, as, as you said, it's. Uh, I'm going to take this as an opportunity to, to cleanse my soul, I think, after yesterday. Um no, it wasn't, wasn't great. I'll be honest, as as you know, everyone watching will will attest to. But you know, having made the journey and you know paying for the the mandated coach and everything, it, it kind of didn't make it very pleasant. But yeah, um, I've had a bit of time to mull over, so let's move let's move with it. <laughs> and how are you doing, Joe? You all good? Uh, yes, mate. Yeah, all good. Yeah, like Tom says, you know, it's just it was it's been a blow after yesterday, isn't it? We're just we're I think we're all going to be a bit raw for. Uh, for quite a while and as like I, I know from seeing people yesterday there's a there's a lot of people that were upset like myself and, and Tom and I know you will be as well Ben so yeah yeah no, definitely it was a bit of, bit of pill to swallow yesterday I think we all went into a game expecting us to maybe not get a result but we've been every season as well where we, we took a, a hide in a way at Millwall at the start of the season and then we thought oh, we've got Luton next it's going to be a tough game but we actually turned up and performed really well that day and got the result and there was a little part of me thinking oh, can we get something this weekend we, we wasn't great last weekend but can the boys react but <laughs> we couldn't this time and it, it, the performance Tom let's dive straight into it the performance yesterday that was delivered by the boys was Pathetic. There's so many words we could use. Gutless, spineless. There was no effort put in at all. We were beaten by the better team and it pains us to say that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's a few aggravating factors that that makes this uh, a, a more bitter to, to swallow. Um, you've got the, the fact that it's obviously a derby. There's, um, yeah, there's an added, there should be an added um, incentive there. Um, ben, I'm not sure where absolutely. it is disappeared he's still there yeah um yeah I think you know in isolation we probably accept that as a as a sort of one-off game but as I said it's a derby you've got the added you know there's so much added pressure with that, that comes with that and the added expectation um and it, yeah it was just it was just awful that the minimum you expect in particularly a derby is is that is that extra extra one two percent you know that you would get but it just it just wasn't that and the the, the most galling thing to to take from from yesterday is the is that Luton just simply wanted it more, and that that's really hard to take as a um, yeah a, as a football fan to see to see in the derby. You know, I think I mean I'll be I'll be quoting Chris Wilder a lot tonight, but one of the uh, one of the quotes from his press conference, which I think summed it up, is that uh, you have to have heart at any level if you want to succeed. And for me, that was just it was just completely missing yesterday. 
Yeah, to- uh, Joe, how did you feel yesterday after yesterday's performance again with Tom? You, you attended the game as well. Um, I know it's not round the corner from you, travelled up from Portsmouth, uh, had to go to Vicarage Road to pick up the coach tickets as well. And uh, what what was it like yesterday? Um, do you know what? I, so I thought actually for the first, I don't know if you thought this as well, Tom, but I thought for the first five minutes when they started passing the ball around, I thought we actually kept a bit of a shape. You could see that there was something there that they were wanting to do from the start. But then just all of a sudden, something changed and we were giving the all of a sudden just like giving the ball away. Um, all those second balls, we weren't getting to the second ball. The, it was like pinball a lot of the time in midfield yesterday. When the ball was going loose, the Luton players were picking it up. Um, there didn't seem to be much communication between Loser, Chowdhury and, and um, Kona yesterday. I thought, I, I'm a big fan of Kona. I thought that was his worst performance in a Watfordshire yesterday. I was really disappointed with him, especially after um, Wigan last week. I thought that was his best performance, I thought, in a Watfordshire. He was running the show. He was passing the ball around really well. Um, and yeah, just everything that... Although we didn't get the result against Wigan, I thought we performed. The, the performance was fantastic. I thought it, we were just unlucky. We just didn't put the ball in the net. We hit the woodwork a couple of times, obviously. Then, um, but yesterday, just complete a completely different team. I thought, and it was really, really disappointing. Like you say, it was just the effort wasn't there. Um, and it was, you know, when they were warming up, the, the players walked across us at the, as they were going back into the tunnel. And they looked at the fans and every single one of them looked in their eyes. They looked up for it and you could see that they wanted it at that point. But it didn't, it didn't the, the performance just didn't come about on the pitch when it came to it. And it was, uh, it's just hard to take. I think mean, it's going to be, it's going to take a long time to get over that one yesterday. Yeah, Derby Day defeats of of the worst, aren't they? Um, especially when they're twelve points above you in the table. Now they're they're going to be in the playoffs at the end of the season. Uh, and Watford, we're not going to make it, are we? Uh, I think Chris Wilder said we'll be lucky if we get mid table um, with the performance yesterday and off late as well because he's came in. That's his second defeat as a Watford manager. One win, one draw, two defeats. Now <laughs> we can't really keep blaming. The managers, can we? We were on the third manager of the season. Okay, we're going to talk to it a bit later about the culture of the football club. But the players, Tom, they've got to take responsibility, don't they? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, the issue is that there's. If there was one thing that was a problem with this football club, then I'm fairly sure even you know Pozzo would have identified it and sorted it out. But the, I mean, as you said, the, the kind of cultural element of it, it runs so deep that it's it's far deeper than just getting rid of a couple of players or you know bringing a couple in um it's, it's just it's just bad bad horrible to see as a Watford fan um at, at this particular time because it feels as though we're at our lowest ebb for I think since the Pozzos took over you know since prior to that and obviously the club's had far worse problems way before my sort of time watching Watford but it's it's really hard to really hard to fathom I mean there's some players there that that are decent. I mean, they're all good individual players, every one of them. And I said that at the start of the season. This is a good squad. It's a top top three squad. But the, the problems are so much deeper than that. Uh, and I think there's just zero team spirit that that comes to the end of it. And you know, Luton are better than the sum of their parts. And we're just a, a bunch of individuals. 
Yeah, and Joe, do you agree with that? Is it, uh, Chris Wilder seems to think that, doesn't he? He said that we weren't playing as a team and we were playing as individuals. And when he came into this side, he was like, OK, they got a decent side. They shouldn't re- really be where they are in the table. But after yesterday's game and his um, comments in the press conference, it kind of alluded to that we're just basically a team of individuals and we have a lot of so-called good, talented players, but so-called, they're not actually talented players when they're out on the pitch performing. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. And it was uh, essentially, you know, uh, I'll give you an example. I think Joe Pedro is a classic example of that at the moment. Um, he is an incredible and talented player. I think everyone will admit that at Watford. He's probably on paper, I would probably say he's the most talented player we've ever had at Watford when you see what he can do with a, with a football. However, the last few weeks, he's such an individual and not a team player. It's really painful to watch. Yesterday, again, was another another day where he, every time he got the ball, he doesn't he doesn't look up ever when he um, when he's got the ball. He dribbles with it a lot, and there's just no end product anymore with him. And it's it's really frustrating between him and Davis and and stuff. There's just no communication, and you know, like like we say all the time, we've got as you say there, we've got loser who I think's an, an incredible player. I think Chowdhury's an incredible player. Pedro. Um, I like the uh, obviously the centre back uh, and Hoop at the moment. They're all really great players. It's just we need somebody that's uh, and like you say, I mean, Wilder made his comments yesterday. He's made his bed, isn't he? He's clearly he's going to. He, we knew he's probably going to be gone at the season, regardless. Um, but. Um, now, I just think, you know, we, we need a man that's going to come in and gel it all together. But obviously, we'll probably touch on it later on. I just think under the Pozo era, we're just going to keep going on this, this merry-go-round, unfortunately. I don't think there's ever going to be a man that's going to come in and gel these players together because they've never got enough time to do it because they're just, one, not patient enough, and two, the problem is at the top. And, and, and that's the bottom line of it now. I, I, I put a tweet out yesterday on Twitter saying, right, Unfortunately, there is a massive overhaul that needs to happen at this football club, and it needs to start from the top. Unfortunately, like I just, you're grateful for everything the Pozos have done, and I, 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 whoever's watching this, I don't want to upset them. Um, there's a lot of people all, every week when they dig out the Pozos. There's a lot of people that will say they got us to a cup final. Look what they've done with the stadium. We've had six great years in the Premier League promotions. You know, we've had all these amazing times which, of course, I'm grateful for. You know, obviously, pre pre that, it was tough to watch. However, for the better of this football club, we do need to, they, they need to go now. Otherwise, it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. And we, who wants to see us end up in League One? Which, unfortunately, I think if it does keep going like that, it will do. Yeah, well, there's some worrying figures come out on Twitter with the accounts early. I'm not massively into the finance and figures and all that, but from what I can see, it doesn't look great. And we've only got one parachute payment left to come next season. It's it's not pretty. If Watford don't get promoted next season, I think we're going to struggle financially massively um, because Gino won't want to keep putting money into his football club if if he can't get premiership football. He needs to get Premier League football to generate income. Um, and I don't see it happening. Like you say, there's, there's so many good players we've got at the club, but they, you just can't get a gel out of them. 
and it's frustrating um, where we've we've potentially had a project manager at the start of the season, Tom, but he, he just wasn't given the time, and yet he's gone to our arch rivals and he's he's improved their squad, he's, he's moved them up to fourth in the table. They're level on well, they're joint third, aren't they? Middlesbrough dropped points yesterday. They're on the same level of points. And they look so much better than us. On paper, maybe we look the better team. But Luton Town are a better football inside, as, as, as we talk now. They're man-to-man, um, -man, so much better than Watford. Watford are just so individual. And it's frustrating to see, and it hurts to see as well. But we, we just jumped too early at the start of the season, Tom. Yeah, I would... If if you watch watch any of the sort of previous podcasts or anything I've I've ever appeared on, I, I was calling for for someone like Rob Edwards, you know, way way before his appointment, and you know we had that it was you know we were sold that that vision in the summer and he came in and obviously something something that's gone I think something that's gone wrong in the backgrounds you know during his early early weeks as well and um, perhaps that kind of sped along his his dismissal. Um, but yeah, exactly what you need. You know, it's, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be the immediate. You know, it might not necessarily have meant a, an immediate return to the club, but it would have meant financial, uh, well, stability financially and probably otherwise in the long term. Um, and and we, we've blown that now. You know, no one's going to believe them if they say that they're going to do it again. But that's exactly what we need, and it needs to start from the top. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit bored of, of saying this because it's it's been obvious to, to a lot of the fans for for ages and ages, and obviously a defeat brings it to the fore. Whereas you know if, if you if we win a game, then you know everything's great and you kind of consider it. But in the in the context of, of the season now and the last few seasons, and you know looking at Rob Edwards, our our manager, what he's doing with our rivals, I, I really hope that that Gino Pozzo looks at that and thinks. You know, this is this is where I've gone wrong, and I need to fix it. But in terms of climbing back, I I, I really don't know how they how they come back from that. Um, I really don't. It, it, it needs to happen again. But you know, it's like the boy who cried wolf, isn't it? You know, you keep uh, if, if you say I'm going to change, I'm going to change. Um, no one's going to believe you if you keep reverting to to your old old habits. Um, but yeah, that's, that's clearly what's going to change. And I think you know, next year, next season, we're going to have a lot of. I think there's going to be financial problems. I think they're going to come out. We're going to have a big. You know, we're not going to be able to buy our way out of it. So it's going to be important that everyone in the club is together. Whether that's you know the manager has a has a clear idea of of the player that he wants. We need an identity as a club. Um, we keep flip flip flopping from different managers, and you know the the fans aren't. aren't really kind of listen to um yeah i, I don't know I, I remain in hope because as i said as i said at the start of the pods this football club has, has had far worse problems um than, than they currently have you know we've been in, in administration not not too long ago so i remain hopeful um and you know i think potso is, is invested in the club we haven't got an owner that's you know disappears and we never see him so i i really hope that he can change his his ways um, and remain hopeful for that rather than getting a new, you know, hopeful of a new owner who, who could be anyone. And, you know, a lot of the new owners that come in are, you know, just pure money men that are out to, to skim a bit off the top and, and stuff. But yeah, hopefully got to be hopeful. I think. 
Yeah, and, and, and Joe, where, where do you think Watford go from here? Um, obviously, we've stopped talking about the Luton game because that's just a small little piece of what's of Watford's story this season. It's the whole season overall, isn't it? We, we, I think the start of the season was meant to maybe be a rebuild. We've appointed Rob Edwards, given him 11 games, got rid of him. Slavin Bilic was appointed, we've got rid of him. Chris Wilder's in till the end of the season. Where did Watford go from here? We're obviously not going to get promoted this season. We're not going to make the playoffs. What, what needs to change? Um... Well, I mean, we, we again. I mean, I think we we just got. To, I'll be honest. I've, I've got to say, the owners. I mean, it's not gonna. Things aren't gonna change unless they change. I think because I, I think it's clearly evident now at this point that they're not gonna change their ways. Like they're not. They, you know, as Tom just said, um, you know, they got Edwards in. We believed them. We believed that it was Edwards was the man that was going to come in. That they were going to give time to change things. Um, and then obviously they they done the dirty on him and they got rid of him and it, it and it's painful and as and as much as um, and as much as it's horrible to see him doing well with Luton and it, it was painful yesterday I was part of one of the, the the group that were chanting things about him yesterday obviously we got caught up in the moment yesterday but the the, the bottom line of it is I'm I'm pleased for him and I'm pleased and like you said you know I hope Gino Pozzo is looking at it and he's it's a hard pill for him to swallow because he can see that he is a good manager. He is ready for this level. Um, and with next to no, um, he's, he's obviously had, he's not really got as much money and probably as much resource as he had at Watford. He's look where he's got Luton there. They're six points off second position. They've, they're in with a chance of going off automatically. Yeah. And yesterday they, they, as you said, they, they look like a, a solid football team. They actually look like a proper football team. It was like men against boys yesterday, um, and and for us, regardless, you know, we could sneak into the playoffs and whatever. Still, I mean, we're still six points off. There is still that chance. I, I said yesterday when we um, when we were coming out um, that in '99 under GT, you know, we went on that six-game winning run that snuck us into the playoffs. Um, on the final, I think it was the final day we we snuck in with a one one nil win at home to Grimsby. I think it was. Um, but anyway, we snuck into the playoffs then with a run, so it could be done now. Now, um, so yeah, it, there is that chance. But for me, it would be a complete waste of money for Watford fans because I don't think we would be good against any of the um, the sides that are currently in the playoffs. Well, especially Luton or Middlesbrough. I mean, they're head and shoulders above, above us as teams at the moment. Um, but you know, we we know that um, we've got this forum thing that's meant to be coming up soon, isn't it? Where Gino Pozzo um, said he was going to attend um, to to answer questions after yesterday's result. I can guarantee you now that he is thinking no chance because he will he will get hammered um, at that meeting. I, I think, and I, I just think he he'll just stay well away from it now. Um, and it will just be the same same person hiding, um, won't come out and speak to the fans. We'll get a new manager in in the summer. He'll be here for three months, and it will just be the same merry-go-round. And like you said, obviously, if we don't, um, with the the um, uh, with 
think we're losing Joe a little bit. If, if you're listening on Spotify, um, Joe's actually on a train well, travel to Portsmouth at the moment. Um, so that's why he keeps dropping in and out. Um, so yeah. hopefully he'll be back in a minute. Um, but we'll come back to him in a sec. Um, Tom, have you got anything else to maybe add on to um, what Joe was saying there? He was saying about how Gino Pozzo probably might not attend this meeting in the summer now um, after a performance yesterday and with how toxic it's starting to get. Do you agree with Joe that he, he might maybe see that and be like, oh, this could be a bit too heated for me? I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's it's difficult to tell what's what's in his mind. You know, we've never heard from him. You know, I, I don't know what, he, what his voice sounds like, you know. I've read a couple of sort of translated Italian articles, but I've never seen, never heard, we've never heard from him, which, you know, is in his right to, to do. He doesn't have to, but, uh, you know, I feel as though he's, he's got a, he's got a duty to do that to, to the supporters. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think the meeting in the summer will hopefully be constructive. I, I don't, I don't think that it, it will be a, um, you know, completely dismantling of, of him. But I think the people that attend will want answers and they'll want to know what his vision is for the football club because it seemed, just seems so short-term, short-termism. Um, you know, whether it's, it's money that dictates it, I, I, I don't know. But I, I, hope, I remain hopeful that he will attend that and is true to his words because it's taken a hell of a, lo- hell of a long time to, to get that far and to get to the position where he's even considering it. So... Yeah, fingers no, crossed. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think it's it's only going to be good for a football club to get an, an interview with Gino Pozzo. Like you say, we've waited such a long time for this, and we know that people are working tirelessly behind the scenes um, to try and put everything in place to get this sorted. And they, I imagine that we will be contacting loads of supporters groups and getting fans on board, and they'll be putting across the questions that everyone wants answered. Um, so I, I have hope that the meeting will go ahead and Gino Pozzo will attend, but we're not in control of Gino, are we? He does what he likes. If he turns up, he turns up. If he don't, he don't. And I imagine if he don't turn up, it'll be even harder for him um, to stay at Watford Football Club because it, it will get even worse. Um, so hopefully we do get to see him back. Um, Joe's returned that, now back from uh, his little episode away. Uh, maybe he just went to the toilet quickly on the train. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, we, we were just saying that we, we, we were talking about the whole Gino Pozzo situation and about him attending the meeting in the summer. And I, I just said to Tom, I, I think if he doesn't atter- attend, I think he'll make it much tougher for himself to stay at Watford after that. Uh, he, he knows that the fans need answers now. And I think it'll be suicide for him if he doesn't. Um, you, you were saying it was getting a bit toxic yesterday and that away in, Joe. Was any, was any of it being directed at Gino Pozzo at all? Or was it just purely being directed at the players? No, it was it was purely in the players yesterday. Uh, you know, as I said before, um, you know, I was one of those fans that was down the front. It was uh, they were shouting him at the end. You know, I, I I couldn't believe they even considered coming over and clapping the fans. It just felt like a massive insult yesterday um, for them to do that because they didn't put the effort on the pitch. So you know, why come over and and clap? You know, what what are you clapping for? You know, it's just um, yeah. I, I think Hamza Chowdhury was one person that put his hand up and was like, you know, trying to apologise and sorry, because he could see how bad it was and the fans were, um, were were directing a lot of abuse at the um, uh, uh, the players, but nothing was directed at anything above player level. It was just all purely at the players. 
And um, yeah, it, it, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that, to be honest. Um, and I, I didn't really expect to get involved in it. I usually, I'm usually quite level-headed and will stick up for them to, to a point. But yesterday was just, I think the fact that it was a derby just, yeah. ma- just made it, it made it even worse. I, I, I've always said as a, as a football fan, if your team turns up and you lose because you've, and you've put in as much effort as you can and you lose but yesterday there was no effort whatsoever just nothing yeah, no, I agree. I, I, was, I was obviously watching it at home and I, I could hear the Watford fans from when um, the teams were walking out from the pitch and you were sounding louder than the Luton fans for the majority of that first half as well. Um, you could hear the passion from you guys and it just wasn't reflected on the pitch at all from the players. For being in the derby, I expected more from the players. They weren't first to the first balls and the second balls. Um, I, I kind of wanted someone to make a challenge, like a heavy challenge on the Luton player to try and get a bit of an aggression into the game. It was just a bit limp. There, were, there was there was no real fight there. There was no what for players showing any fight until like the 94th minute when it was a bit of a scrap between their son Belonga and someone else. And then all the players went flooding in. I wanted that early doors to, to, to actually get the players to make sure they was actually up for it. And it just seemed like they didn't really care. That was coming across to me um, sitting at home. It looked like they weren't really up for it. They were maybe intimidated a little bit by the looting players and the, the occasion, um, the playing at Kenworth Road as well. They just bottled it yesterday, and it's so frustrating as well. Like we knew going into the game yesterday, Tom, that it win yesterday, slimmest, slimmest chance of getting the playoffs. Anything less than a win, the season was done and dusted, wasn't it, Tom? Yeah, I mean, there were signs of probably a few weeks ago. I mean, you can't you can't be losing to the uh, sorry drawing with the the bottom of the league team that mm. you know players haven't been paid yet. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I, I said lose. I know it was a draw, but it, it certainly felt like a loss, and it it felt like a season ender, the the Wigan game. Um, yeah, I mean, c- coming back to that, you know, your comments about the you know the effort and stuff. I, I mean, I, I don't think that there was was there was no effort. I mean, you could see from Porteous, Chowdhury, um, and a couple of others that that there there was effort in there. But for a derby, you need a bit more grit. You need you need that extra you know, two, three percent because of the conditions that you're in. It's going to be, you know, it was, it was raucous. It was a very sort of lively atmosphere yesterday, certainly for the first half from the Watford fans and obviously the Luton fans in the second half. But you need you need that, I think Gino Gattuso would call it, you know, balls or, you know, Dini call it cojones. We were lacking cojones yesterday, I felt. Um, and uh, I think the players just kind of treated it like another game. And yeah, that, that's why it looked so... It looks so desperate, I think, from our from our perspective. And you know, Luton were on the front foot, first to every every ball. And I think that really highlighted the difference in in the how the how the players treated it. Um, so that that was that was really disappointing um, from my perspective. And uh, again, like like Joe, I, I'm not one that usually boos or anything like that, but I, I'd certainly sort of showed my displeasure um, yesterday. Because it wasn't good enough, and I think you know that's the the basic thing that you expect As, from football fans is is hundred percent commitment. And you know, in a derby, you need one hundred two, hundred three percent commitment. Mm. It just wasn't wasn't that yesterday, and that's the I think that's a reflection of the team spirit and the pride that they've got as a team. Just 
just not there. They're all individuals for, for, from my perspective. They're good individuals, but you know, hard, hard work will always beat talent. Um, where, where talent doesn't work hard. I think it's that, that, that quote, I, I might have even used that last time I was on, Ben, to be honest. <laughs> Probably did. Um, um, but yeah, looking back at the team yesterday, Tom and Joe, only a couple of players maybe walked out with maybe a tiny bit of credit to their name of effort from my point of view. I thought Porteous, he showed a little bit. I thought Ngakia, I thought he did okay. I felt a bit harsh for him when he got uh, taken off of Ferreira. Um, I thought he was actually trying to do something down that right-hand side and he had that header that just went narrowly wide with the post as well. don't know why Keenan Davis wasn't on his toes a little bit more to try and get on the end of that. Um, but And also, I thought, coming off the bench, I thought Espria, at least he tried to do something, injected a bit of pace and he, he got on the ball and he was trying to get the ball forward. And I think he probably did more than the rest of our midfield yesterday. But, Joe, do you reckon that anyone else maybe came out with a little bit more, a little bit of credit yesterday? Um, I, th- I actually thought Cathcart as well. I thought when Cathcart, when he switched to the four four two formation, when he took uh, Ngakia off, um, brought Ferreira on and obviously had the Seba and Ferreira as the fullbacks, when he put Cathcart in the middle, I thought he played, I don't think he really put a foot wrong, but I don't think he put a foot wrong before that either, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, it, um, uh, so as you said, Ngakia, I, I didn't think all game. You could see he was trying bits, but he was struggling in the first half. The second half, he definitely came out, looked a lot more livelier. When the substitution came, I, I have to say I was a lot, uh, like a lot of fans, I think we were quite surprised that the, the substitution happened because he was the only person really for that first 15 minutes that was trying to create anything down that right-hand side. And I thought him and it would be him and Saar because we saw Saar getting ready as well. Um but yeah, so Ngakia, uh, um, as you said, uh, Paulius, Cathcart. The other than that, I, I, you know, there was Keenan Davis was just non-existent. I thought it was it was just so poor from him. It was t- it was tough to watch, wasn't it, Tom? When it, every time the ball went to to Batman, Batman was kicking it. Davis wasn't even just he wasn't even laying a glove. I just wanted him to do what Dini used to do and just put an arm in on someone and just say like, "Look, I'm here. You're going to struggle this afternoon." He wasn't even jumping for the ball. It was either going over his head and he'd turn around and he'd wave his arms around in, in displeasure that it disgust, sorry, that it wasn't uh, going straight to him. Um, and, and Batman was obviously getting frustrated that Davis wasn't doing anything to get the balls when he was putting it on field. And, and, and as a result of that, there just didn't seem to be any plan B, did there? It was just it, it, in the first half, it, that just seemed to be the the main thing that they were trying to do was just go long, wasn't it? There was no, get, let's get the ball under control and try and pass it around and try and get in behind them and, and, and stretch it a little bit. It was just none of that. Yeah, well, I'll, um, talking about Keenan Davis, I think he in the first 30 seconds, I think he went in on one of us, um, Luton centre-halves, and he... Um, he was penalising, a foul was awarded to Luton and the ref had a word with him early on there. And then after that, he, he did nothing, I thought. He was very quiet after that. He kind of shied away from them. Um, but I, I don't know if you guys are picking up on it because it was obviously really noisy in uh, Kenilworth Road yesterday. But when I was watching it on the TV, Chris Wilder was so loud because the gantry was right above the Watford dugout. And you could hear him shouting at the Watford players constantly during that game. And he kept shouting at the centre-backs and the wing-backs at 
why they kept passing the ball back to Daniel Batman as well. He was getting frustrated at the ball. Every time they had the ball, instead of looking for a yellow shirt, uh, a white and black shirt, they were passing it back to Daniel Batman every single time. And it was frustrating for him. And I don't know, you could t- you could tell from the stands there, Tom, could you could you see that or, or, or tell that it was winding Chris Wilder up? No, I, I certainly couldn't. I mean, I was right in the back row, so I, I couldn't really hear uh, hear anything that Chris Wilder said. But yeah, I mean, you could see, you know, as Joe said as well, it was it was just kind of rinse, rinse and repeat, wasn't it? It was, you know, start from a goal kick after being, you know, having a spell under pressure where Luton have just sort of narrowly missed. Backman pass it out to one of the defenders, and it would sort of be. You know, they'd be uh, passing between themselves under under a bit of pressure. It would eventually go back to Backman, who would be chased down. And then he'd just whack it up to a, a very isolated Keenan Davis, who would probably lose uh, the header. And if he won it, there was no one else to, to, to go, you know, to latch on to it. It was over, over time and time again, particularly in the second half, that was what happened. And it was so dispiriting to watch. Um you know, whoever, whether it was Davis or Asombolonga, you know, I, I do sort of feel a little bit for Davis because he was so isolated on his own uh, up front against some, you know, very physical defenders. But there was there was nothing, you know, Gio um, Pedro was picking up the ball, you know, deep deep in his own half out wide. And it was, you know, you're not, you're not going to do any damage there. You need to get forward. But he couldn't, he obviously couldn't trust the the midfielders to keep hold of the ball because we we're losing the ball so often in order to get the ball higher up the pitch. So it's a yeah, a whole raft of reasons. But yeah, the the, the game plan that well, what, what transpired, I'm sure it wasn't the game plan, was effectively passable between the defenders, play it back to Backman under pressure and then whack it up and we'll lose it and then you know, Luton would be on the attack and we'd be on the back foot and it was horrible to watch to be honest. I must say another player I've missed out who maybe gets a little bit of credit as well was Ken Semmer. I thought in that first half on the left-hand side, he was the only one actually trying to get past the player to get into a box. And he did it a couple of times and pulled the ball back. But it was just wasteful from Watford to actually create anything off the back of that. Um, but Joe, what, what do you feel like this season's just been a massive waste? Obviously, we came down from a Premier League. We thought we was going to rebuild a little bit and then kick on and go again. But do you just feel this season's just been a massive waste now? Uh, yeah, I, I think it has. I actually sort of mentioned something yesterday. I said, you know, we we go back probably to the summer when, like you, Ben, I saw you at the Elton John concert and Elton said, you know, last season was absolutely woeful and it was really, really bad. And it probably couldn't get any worse. Um, but for me, I, I, I don't know if you agree, I actually, I don't think it probably has been as bad because we've won some games. Obviously, the highlight being Luton 4-0 and, and stuff. But overall, the season has been, I think, just as bad. Um, I, I, you know, it hasn't got better. We're, we're three managers again in in the season, like last season. So it's the same thing, just in a lower division. Um, and I, I think I saw someone on Twitter say yesterday, is like, it's amazing that in, in four years we've gone from being in the top half of the Premier League and a team that made an FA Cup final to now a bang average championship club. And it's hard to comprehend that we've gone from that, if I'm being honest. But I don't really know how things have ended up like that because you think back to the squad we had then and I actually genuinely, I don't know if you guys would agree, but I genuinely thought that that squad would remain for a little while. I didn't actually expect it to be decimated like it is now. Um, 
So yeah, it's it's been a very disappointing season, and I I say uh, until we hear from Gino and what his long term plans are, I've got no idea where this club's going at the moment. Yeah, I I do tend to agree with you there, mate. Um, But Tom, what do you think? What do you think rebuild looks like for Watford Football Club in the summer? Oh, you know what? What does re- <laughs> what does real a rebuild look like? What it needs to look like? Sorry. What it needs to look like is a, a proper root and branch change. You know, from the top, it, it, it looks like the start of last summer. You know, we bring in Rob Edwards or someone similar. You know, a decent, a decent young prospect who you know is. is up and coming, um, and they're allowed they're allowed the opportunity to to forge a team and and time. You know that, that that's the most important thing because I mean there's so many so many managers that have had kind of parallel experiences where they've you know they've gone for a rough spell and uh, the team the team's not done well for a period of time, but they've come out the other sides. Uh, no, I know it's a different different level, but you know, you look at someone like Arteta that was right on the verge of, of the sack at Arsenal. Everyone wanted him out, and he, you know, he had he had another had a, another preseason stuff, and you know, they're, they're flying. You know, company at, at Burnley. I don't think they started particularly well, um, but I, I, I don't know whether it's too late for that now because no one, no one's going to believe him if they do that. If they if they put their faith in. Um, in another manager, but as I said, it, it runs it runs deep, way deeper than that. We haven't got an identity as a club, apart from that club that always sacks, sacks managers after you know six or seven games or whatever it is. So uh, I mean, yeah, they, they, they've got to start there, I think, and then um, basically, there's got to be some jeopardy for players. They can't down tools if they don't like the, the how the managers play in. Um, but, you know, because they know he's going to be sacked, and then needs someone needs to build something. It all needs to come round to. We, all, it, it, I mean, it's very wishful thinking, but you know, this club was built on Graham Taylor, wasn't it? And how we would desperately need for someone like like Graham Taylor to be given the time to to build something at the club. I know modern football's different, but yeah, I, 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 I genuinely don't know how they're going to turn this around, though, because um, the keep flip flip flapping from you know manager to manager you know players that look good with, with no discernible style and um, we could be in league one you know the finances yeah. are going to dry up but yeah it's such an important summer you know that, that, that i think to get the supporters on board what yesterday really showed i think was you know like a team like luton they've not got many resources they've got a, a pretty average squad i think you'd say on paper they've got a horrible ramshackle stadium which was properly disgusting yesterday <laughs> we're so lucky to have vicarage road but um yeah you know everyone's going in the same direction that's what we need and i think they, they've got a long way to to get to that stage exactly you look at other teams in the, the division and you, you can achieve um success on a shoestring budget. Look at like Millwall. Millwall don't spend much money. They're they're in the playoffs or just outside of the playoffs. Their record transfer signings one point six million on that Zach Fleming that we've got this season. So they've not spent millions to be in their position. Same with Luton. They don't go around spending millions of 
pounds on players as well. And I think that's what Watford have to get right this summer. They have to, and I know it weighs he- heavily on Ben Manga and Helena Costa, but they can't be spending much money this summer because there isn't any, there's not much money. Even if we we sell lots of players this summer, we won't be able to really invest that because that's going to be there to pay off debts or pay off loans or other loans that we've got on top of other loans. Um, it's, it's just an absolute mess. But it, it, we've seen it in this division, even Coventry, they don't spend much and they're doing well this season as well. So you can get success from not overspending in the division. And that's what Watford's got to get spot on in the summer. They've got to get the recruitment right. You've got to get in the right players. But first of all, you've got to appoint the right manager and then you've got to give them time. There's an argument at the start of the season, Joe, that the right manager was appointed, but he was just never given the time. Yeah, completely agree. I I didn't want Rob Edwards to go, um, but like many other managers that have, have been and gone at Watford, I've, I've said that I've not wanted other managers to leave. I didn't want Manos to get in the sack when he got sacked and, and things. You know, it's, it's just not about what we want, is it? It's about what they want and what they what makes them happy, and that that's what they wanted to do at the time. And we just have to grin and bear it. And obviously, we we spend the money and stuff. It's our hard-earned money that we spend going up and down, and watching them every week, and traveling i know i don't know where you guys come from but a lot of us travel i know other people travel to to games and it's they don't seem to consider that do they and that's i think that's the the hardest thing to take for me is that they don't actually consider us of what we want as a as a as a fan base anymore you know they gave us what we wanted uh, it just kind of annoyed me a little bit that edward second because obviously uh, scott came out and said didn't he that he he would, he would be given time and Gino just went over his head, didn't he? And made him look like an idiot and, and, and sacked him in the end. And yeah, um, like I say, I, 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 as much as yesterday we were giving him stick, I do wish him all the best. And if they get promoted, then fair play to him. You know, we've lost a great manager there for, for me. Um, he's a good egg. And it's one, it's one that we're going to, it'll probably take us a long, long time to get over if he does end up getting promoted with, with Luton, I think. Um, but you know, just talking going into like next season. Like, if while uh, I, I do believe Wilder isn't going to be the man next year, but I was looking around yesterday and you think, like, who is the person that is actually going to come in and, and manage us next year? And that is worrying as well because I don't think Wilder, even if they offered it to him, I think Wilder would be like, no thanks. Um, and who else is there? Is it just going to be some other foreign, unknown person that's like won the Estonian League or something or the, the Romanian League? and yeah, it's, it's it's tough, isn't it? It really is at the moment just to think where we're going to be in come August. Like, who's going to be in charge? What players are going to be here? Because obviously we know Sal's not going to be here. Jao Pedro, for me, 100% is not going to be here now either. I think um, someone in the Prem or, or as we've we've heard rumours, Fabrizio Romano's been posting a little bit here and there that AC Milan are interested um, in him. So it's likely that he'll either go to the Premier League or Syria. Um and then oh, I don't really think too many others um, like biggish players will leave uh, at the moment. But I was kind of looking around yesterday. And I thought, obviously, I think I don't think Britt will be here. Unfortunately, I don't think he's really set the world alight. Capacelli is another one I think will probably be gone as well. I don't think he'll stick around because he's not really got much game time. And I don't know. We've probably seen that he's been in Belgium quite a bit, isn't he? Um, here and there, so he might go back to Belgium and play some football. Um, 
And then you've just got other players like Ferrari's not really done much. I think he's come in, he, he got injured, but I don't think he'll be here in the summer either. Um, obviously, Kamara's going back to Udinese. Um, Chowdhury, we've not really got the money, unfortunately, now, I don't think, based on the, the figures yesterday to sign him, which is, you know, we were talking, and I know you guys, you and Mike talked about it the other week about how much would it cost maybe to get him in and, and sign him on a permanent, but it doesn't really matter now. I just don't think there's the, the money there, and I don't think they'll be the one to sign him, and it'll be the same with Davis. They'll say, they'll send him back so we'll need to get we'll be Britain Davis down so we need to get strikers in and it's like where, where do we go where do we go and the first striker being Henry Carojo who um, I don't think he was even on the bench yesterday was he um, so that's no. three strikers that you need um, but we've got Vakum Bio out on loan we maybe come in be our number nine next season um, I know that will please Mike because he, he hated that uh, Raymond I was given the number nine shirt so maybe he might be a bit pleased with Bio getting the number nine shirt next season but yeah no I see where you're going with this Joe there's, there's lots of loan players in this team where we, we'll need to replace them and then we've got some biggish players that haven't performed this season but they'll be on the move as well I'll maybe throw him around loser into that mix as well where I think he might go at the end of the season and then I'm looking at the side as well I'm like Craig Cathcart's out of contract at the end of the season fantastic servant but I don't think I'd renew his contract I think if you're looking to rebuild you've got to rebuild fully and I think Crave Cathcart letting go um, build a pairing of Hoot and Porteous that's the future now um, and, and I think since Craig's came back in I think it's unsettled the back line a little bit because we saw how good Porteous and Hoop was, but then it was a change of formation once Chris Wilder came back in, wasn't it? He, he liked to play that back three. And I just think it's unsettled the, the partnership a little bit by putting someone in the middle. Um, and then I'm looking, maybe Ken will stick around next season. Uh, Ngaki will stick around. But then the midfield, the midfield options are we're bare, aren't we? If Chowdhury goes back, loser goes what we're left with, KMV, um, Espria, who's very young still. Um, Tom Cleverley's been offered a new contract, but he's out of contract at the end of the season. I don't think I'd offer him a new contract. Again, get rid of him and just build again. But Tom, um, Tom what do you reckon for the end of the season with the players being shipped shipped out? I, 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 I don't know. I mean, there's, you know, there's an argument for, for most of them to, to stay or go. I think the most important thing is where we're going moving forward. You know, I'd, for a player, and, and to, to pick out one of those names, uh, Craig Cathcart, um, I'd probably keep him for a bit of championship experience because I think that's that's one thing that we've been lacking this year. I know he's obviously spent a lot of time in the Premier League with us, um, but I, I'd keep him. Probably not not on big big wages, but I think yeah, we we, we need an identity. What 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 system are we playing? What tactics? Um, you know, if if we keep sort of flip flapping from you know four four two to three five two to you know wing backs, full backs, there's no player is going to thrive in that environment. So we just need more certainty at, at, at man, a manager level, I think, because uh, you know as we've we've all said tonight, we've got a very talented squad of of individuals, but we we need a way a way to for them to progress and to play and to to build a team spirit if we know we're going to play in one particular way for the whole season or you know for at least a prolonged period of time then players can adapt to that but if they're being asked to do different things from you know week to week 
system to system, it's it's, it's not going to work. So, uh, yeah, I, I think there's an argument for certain players to to come come and go. But yeah, for a talent for such a talented squad, we're so badly coached because that they're required to to change all the time. You know, I, the, the thing that really sort of stuns me about um, about Jao Pedro is how he's developed because he's really gone against the grain with that and he's done so well. He's had so many managers with different styles. How can anyone, to, you know, like, you know, in your jobs, if, if your bosses keep change, changing and, and, you know, your job description keeps changing, how are you going to grow as a, you know, as a person and, and as a give your all? You're just not. So, yeah, I think like Jao Pedro really stands out there. Um, yeah, just just need, need that identity and where, where that's going to come from. At this stage, it's very difficult to see, but it's not, you know, not completely out of the question. It just needs a lot needs to happen over the summer, and you know, certain people need to look in the mirror. Really, starting with Gino Pozzo for me. Yeah, well, it's going to be an interesting summer at Watford Football Club, isn't it? And I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, thank you, boys, so much for joining me tonight, Joe. Thank you for your debut on the Voices of the Vic. You did a sterling job. Um, even though we lost you a couple of times, uh, I'm sure we'll get you back on at some point. Uh, Tom, thank you as well for coming on as well. Um, you got a um, fanzine out at the moment, haven't you, Tom? Have yeah, I've got the got one here. Uh, so yeah, it's of the of the two. Two centre backs, um, yeah. So this one is. Um, I know people probably aren't aren't that enthusiastic about getting to the Vic, but I think you know the fanzine <laughs> and the, you know, the life that you have around what happens in that ninety minutes is so important. So, uh, I mean, this issue is, uh, you know, all proceeds are going to going to a fantastic charity which helps a lot of people, including a lot of Watford fans and and people in Hertfordshire. So, yeah, people can buy buy a copy of that. It's got. I've tried to keep it very positive. I've got a big section on uh, on Dini Day, um, uh, so yeah, I, I think that's worth the money alone. Um, so yeah, come and see me. I'll be in a normal place as the weather gets nice. It gets a bit warmer as well. It'll be a bit more pleasant to to sell people and meet to people and meet people. But um, yeah, come and say hello. And I've I've also um, planning to do one more, which will be on sale for the Stoke game, the last game of the season only. Uh, and online. So if anyone wants to to have a say, um, write anything, put anything on paper, uh, or even yourself, Ben, you you recorded a um, you know contribution which, which I transcribed. So I'm, I'm more than happy if people aren't confident writing to um, to just take you know a voice note or something, and uh, you know I'll put there, I'll, I'll draft it as well as I can, and hopefully something to be proud of for them. Yeah, and no, I really appreciated that, mate. Um, I did a, a double page in the fanzine this week on my take of Beanie Day. Um, so I sent over to, to Tom in about five, six different videos, and bless him, he had to put it all together and he wrote it all up for me. So yeah, so um, yeah, if you if you 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 struggle with putting words down on paper as well, just send Tom some voice notes or something or a video of yourself, and he'll um, write it all up for you. But yeah, thank you, boys, for joining me tonight. We'll wrap it up there, and um, I'm not, I don't know when I'll be back next. Um, we've got Huddersfield Friday, isn't it? I don't even know if I'm going to the game or not. I really need to try and pick myself up after yesterday's defeat. Um, but I'm definitely going to Coventry away and I'll be doing a match day vlog as well. So um, I'll probably be definitely doing a um, Voices of Vic review for that one. Uh, but yeah, keep an eye out for the match day vlog as well. But yeah, stay safe, everyone. And come on, you ones. Sports Social Podcast Network.